I think the coffee is broken today. My goodness gracious. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I realize uh, where I am, it is technically afternoon, uh, but my goodness, waking up today. I need like a direct caffeine, not just the coffee. Uh, it's the weather. Uh, I hope the weather is glorious where you are. Where I am, it is in the 30s and raining, and it sucks. Nonetheless, I will endeavor to humor and delight you. I, I got to say first, I'm proud of myself. You, you know, every once in a while, I just, I just, I find something very funny. I, I want to do something just for the laugh of it. Some dude, apparently a realtor uh, in, in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, he dis- he found my home address, took the time to find my home address so that he could write me a handwritten letter to tell me that uh, because he is uh, older than 60 and believes the election was stolen and I don't, he won't listen to me on the radio anymore. He, he literally, he took the time to find my home address. <laughs> all kinds to write me a handwritten note to tell me he doesn't listen to me anymore so that I, I just I thought I I should at least acknowledge that he took the time to do that so I pulled out my best stationery and wrote him a note and said since you took the time to find my home address to write me a letter to tell me you're an old person who believes the election's stolen so you don't listen to me anymore the least I could do would be to acknowledge your letter and tell you I don't care and I mailed it to him. I thought it was hilarious I don't know that he will. <laughs> troll the troll. Nonetheless, we move on. I was I was very proud of myself. Now, we, we have to move on. And, you know, I, I got to apologize here. You, the host should not have to apologize, but I, I'm going to because you're going to listen to some of this and think, wait a second, is this today or have I gone back to yesterday? It is Groundhog Day. It's It's... It's not technically Groundhog Day. We'll get to Groundhog Day uh, in a few weeks, but it's like Groundhog Day, and that's a problem for the Biden administration because the headlines today are the headlines of yesterday, and they're bad. Time, you know, last year people were saying, oh, what are they going to do for Biden? Because for for the anniversary of Trump's first year in office, they had a cartoon drawing of Trump with his hair up like it was on fire. And it was the 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 manic crazed uh, Trump administration. Well, they've done pretty much the same thing with Biden, except it's different. It, on the cover of Time this year, that the story is Year One by Molly Ball. Molly Ball incidentally wrote the big profile of me in the Atlantic several years ago. So it's Joe Biden sitting at the desk, the resolute desk in the Oval Office. There's a giant box of COVID nineteen tests behind him that have not been shipped on his desk are binders that say Trump 2024 voting rights, build back better Putin and inflation. The inflation one's on top and about to slide off the desk. He's got his sunglasses on his desk and above him is a storm cloud and rain. And he's got his hand out to see if it's raining. It's actually a, a pretty big indicator of what's going on with the Biden administration. It's not good for Biden. And in the New York Times today, 
The Political Memo by Nate Cohen. Nate Cohen is their version of Nate Silver. He's their elections data analyst. And the headline, Biden as the new FDR, try LBJ. The president's agenda, big progressive change, has placed Democratic priorities over the voters' desire for practical help on the pandemic and inflation. Now, I want to stop right there. And I want to say something. When I got into radio, as you all know, if you're regular listeners, I I really did fall into it by accident. I was a lawyer and then a TV commentator. I did not intend to be in radio. And it came out of the blue. I mean, the long story short, guy gets arrested in a crack house. I get uh, asked to fill in for him. Herman Cain runs for president. His station in Atlanta, WSB, where I still am, asked me to, to take over a show. They thought I had a radio show. And I, one of the people that I reached out to, I developed a friendship with Rush Limbaugh. And we had been friends for a number of years. We had hung out in person. Uh, he would never play golf with me because I'm a terrible golfer. I'm trying to get better. But I wasn't sure I wanted the job because I was already doing so much. I mean, I did and I didn't. And I called him to ask him what he thought. It was one of the very few times we ever talked on the phone. And he told me I would be crazy if I didn't take it. And and that when I took it, what I would need to know is that I would need a designated, in his words, a-hole, except he said the word. I won't say the word on radio, but I needed a designated a-hole. Now, his point was this. When you get to any level of stature, I don't really consider myself a famous person, even though I have crazy people apparently tracking down my home address to send me letters. But when you get to a level of celebrity, at least, let's let's say celebrity, not, not fame, you start to get surrounded by people who are living off of you. If you've read the biography of the Zappos founder, that, that guy apparently towards the end of his life was surrounded by people leeching off of him, providing him drugs, having a good time with him, telling him he could do no wrong, uh, humoring all of his fantasies. There was no one there to tell him he needed to cut it out. He needed to go to rehab. Uh, all of those people got pushed out of the way. That happens to celebrities. I know a a very, very famous celebrity who every single one of you would know who early in his career took a path where he was on television at the time, was getting very famous, and friends of his came out of the woodwork. And it was a grand and glorious time, the women, the drugs, everything. And eventually, he one of his longtime friends basically had a come-to-Jesus moment with him, and you could be very, very famous if you gave all of this up, if you focused on your career. It's remarkable how these stories echo over and over again. No one wants the guy, no one wants the the proverbial turd in the punch bowl. Uh, So I was very fortunate. My um, producer, I mean, he runs everything for me in syndication. Now, Charlie, uh, he stalked me on the internet, (laughs) found me on Twitter, we clicked, we hit it off, uh, and and his job is to tell me on radio when he thinks I've screwed up. I don't always agree with him. Usually he's right. 
I, I, it pains me to have to say that, by the way. But also uh, for him to run interference, because I'm a people pleaser. I know it. I like to tell everybody yes. I have a hard time telling people no. I had to tell a friend of mine no on something he asked me today. Uh, no, because th- there's a legit reason I couldn't do what he wanted me to do. And it's still, I, I don't like to tell people no. And so I run everything through Charlie. And his job is basically to tell people no. And also to tell me it, you've screwed up here. One of Russia's reasons for telling me all of this was because in radio in particular, but it's very much the same way on TV, everyone around you is going to tell you that you're doing nothing wrong as long as your ratings are good. And the moment your ratings fall off because you actually have been screwing up, that's the moment they cancel you. And you're, you're all grand and glorious and the golden child one moment and the next moment you're not. Uh, radio in particular is ruthless with a bunch of people who pat you on the head all the time, tell you how awesome you are, and then they cancel you. And he knew this from experience, and he didn't want me to fall into that trap. And it was sound advice. Everybody needs a designated a-hole when they, when they get into a career of something like this. Joe Biden needs the designated a-hole, and he apparently does not have one. Joe Biden is surrounded by sink offense in the White House. You know, Nancy Reagan ultimately, you know, it was the second term for Ronald Reagan, but Nancy Reagan ultimately saw what was happening with Reagan and uh, organized a coup of the White House staff, purged the White House staff, put in people she could work with who would help Reagan turn the corner uh, during the Iran-Contra matter. I am stunned that Jill Biden has not shown Ron Klain the door at the White House. The man is ruining the Biden legacy. Biden clearly is in no position to get rid of him. But early on, early on, Biden surrounded himself with a bunch of academic historians, all of whom were regularly on television hating on Trump. So Biden comes in, he's grand and glorious, and they tell him, you could be the next LBJ. You could get a great society. You could be the FDR and get a new deal. And and my gosh, Biden apparently loved the comparisons. He loved the comparison to FDR. Back in 2020 on the campaign trail, in May of 2020, as he was securing the nomination, the New Yorker or New York Magazine was running stories on how Biden intended to model his administration on FDR. This is Nate Cohen today in the New York Times. Joseph R. Biden Jr. was supposed to be another Franklin D. Roosevelt, a Democratic president who enacted transformative liberal legislation and in doing so built a lasting political coalition. It's a comparison that he invited even before the election when he told the New Yorker in an interview in August of 2020 that he was kind of in the position that FDR was in. Prominent presidential historians and even the descendants of FDR's cabinet members echoed the comparison. One year into his presidency, no one is confusing Mr. Biden for Mr. Roosevelt, not with his legislative agenda stalled and his approval rating mired in the low 40s. But the difference between the two Democrats isn't merely the one between success and failure in the first year, rather than following Mr. Roosevelt's playbook and focusing relentlessly on the crises facing the nation and the voters. Mr. Biden's efforts have shifted from the pandemic and the economy to also pursuing longstanding Democratic policy goals, universal pre-kindergarten, climate change, voting rights, a child tax credit, 
even if those proposals are needed or important, they do not rank high on the list of the public's demands at the heart of a pandemic and with rising inflation. Only 33% of voters say the president is focused on the issues they care a lot about, according to a recent CBS YouGov poll. The decision to prioritize the goals of his party's activist base over the issues prioritized by voters is more reminiscent of the last half century of politically unsuccessful Democratic presidents than of Mr. Roosevelt himself. Ouch. It's also true. Joe Biden is losing, is where he is, because no one are in his orbit came in and said, Joe, people don't care about this poop, stuff, whichever word you want to use. Joe Biden has been surrounded by a progressive bubble of people who whisper in his ear and tell him, go left, Joe. Transform the country, Joe. You know, Franklin Roosevelt could fundamentally transform America because Franklin Roosevelt had a clear majority of Democrats in Congress. What happened in 2020? Joe Biden won. Democrats lost everywhere else. They barely got the Senate. It's tied 50-50. They nearly lost the House. They were expecting to pick up 13 seats. They lost all but five of them. They lost seats at the state level. They lost governor's mansions they expected to pick up. It was a brutal, brutal election for the Democrats. In fact, I was talking to a reporter last night who said he thinks his prevailing premise for the 2022 election is that Republicans are going to overperform. Why? Because so many people have set their metrics of 2022 based on how Trump did. But actually, you take Trump out of the picture, Republicans do even better. So if everybody's basing what Republican performance will be based on Trump, Republicans are going to overperform. I think he's right. The Democrats, whenever they win, think they have a mandate. But you can't govern like FDR when you have a tied Senate. And no one apparently in Biden's orbit designated himself, took him upon himself to be the a-hole, to say to Joe Biden, you can't do this, you're not going to get the votes. So they decided to go big, and the result for the Democrats now is a lot of them in November are going to go home. And a lot of that has to do with Joe Biden not being humble enough and not being surrounded with enough people to keep him humble and tell him, you're no FDR. Even the Roman generals would have a slave in the back telling them that all this was temporary. Joe Biden thought he could build some sort of eternal American utopia off of a tied Senate. Only an idiot would think that. I want to cut corners and just get to the chase. A lot of you hear podcast ads and radio ads for Bull and Branch, and you're thinking, eh, they're just telling you it because they're getting paid. I'm actually telling you it because I'm a customer. We actually have Bull and Branch sheets, and yes, they are an ad. Yes, this is an ad, but yes, 
I really am a customer. I only like to do ads for companies that I really like, and I love Bull & Branch. So does my wife. My wife actually heard the ads, and she wanted to try the sheets, and now they are the sheets in our house. Bull & Branch does not cut corners. They make super soft, wonderful sheets. They use the softest organic cotton they can find. They get better with every wash. They soften and soften and soften, and they only use 100% sustainable raw materials. They're the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen. You can feel as good about your Bull & Branch sheets as they feel against your skin. They are so soft. They don't get too hot. They don't get too cold. They're just great. And every wash improves them. That, I'm telling you, is one of the coolest things about these sheets. It's like sleeping on a new bed every time you wash the sheets. It's great. Now, you can experience the best sheets you've ever felt at bowlandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC at checkout. That's Branch. B-O-L-L, Andbranch.com promo code Eric E R I C K. All right, let's see if I have time. Yes, I have time. Will, I want to go to you first today. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric, how are you today? I'm great. So how are you? My question, my question is: Is it Biden's own hubris and the fact that he wants to have some grand stage in history, or is it just the left kind of propping him up like a puppet and just? you know, basically sacrificing him for what they want? Uh, both. Uh, I actually think it's both. Uh, you got to remember, Biden has been a creature of Washington for 50 years. He ran for president twice unsuccessfully, became vice president to the first black president, got the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and now it's his turn. He wants to be seen as big time. Uh, and the left at this point really does believe this is their last best shot at fundamental transformation of the country. So you got these two things colliding. Uh, you know, the right went through the existential threat in 2016, and, and it got them to Trump. The, the right saw what was happening with the country. They saw the, the leftward shift. I don't think you can underestimate Barack Obama choosing to sue nuns as a radicalizing event for people on the right. I don't think you can underestimate in the Obergefell decision, Barack Obama's solicitor general saying, yes, the tax exemption for churches that refuse to perform gay marriage would be under consideration as an existential threat to the right. And they went for broke and they were successful with Donald Trump. So the left says, if they can do it, we can do it. The best they could come up with was not Sanders and not Warren, but Biden with Kamala Harris, who none of them like. And my gosh, they're trying to go for broke with Biden. And Biden has eaten it up because he's been there for 50 years. This is Biden's last stand. He wants to go out on a historic note. They've all overplayed their hands. The left has overplayed their hand in trying to use Biden. Biden has overplayed his hand on going, going big. Now they're all going to go home, and they're, they're starting to know it, which is why you're starting to get some rage and some unhingedness in there. I'm telling you, violence is coming from the left. They keep saying, oh, well, the biggest danger in this country is right-wing violence. Look at January 6th. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. These people are losing their grip on power. They're doing so pretty quickly, and there's going to be hell to pay. There really is. Watch out. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, we might just take your phone call. It is 877-973-7425. I'm going to go to Matt, who's been waiting patiently. Matt, welcome to the program. 
Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I, I was wanting to get your opinion on a hypothetical situation that has occurred to me, and that is at the rate that Omicron is spreading and the numbers of people that are getting it, I'm wondering if basically if COVID is going to finally burn itself out just and we're going to actually achieve herd, herd immunity um, just based on, again, the, you know, how rapidly it's spreading. And if that happens, what I would, what I would you know, think would happen is that the Democrats would immediately say, see, everything we've been doing has worked. We are victorious. <laughs> yeah. And, you if, know that, and, if, and if that happens, I'm wondering how many people would, you know, do you think will fall for that? And if that could rapidly change the 2022 election picture? Well, people are stupid, so they, they could. Um, it, my concern here is... Uh, I suspect this is probably going to happen. One of the, one of the upsides of Omicron being that it's so much less severe, even for the unvaccinated, is it is going to build up people's natural immunity. Uh, something that finally they're starting to talk about. Some data out of California, New York, that people who got COVID tend to have uh, better antibodies than the vaccinated people. Um, the 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 issue here, though, is will there be another variant? Uh, we know, for example, with Omicron, and, and there's actually some data out on Omicron, Matt, that it's not actually a mutation of the Delta variant. The reason it's having breakthrough in, in a lot of people is because it's actually a mutated strain of the original COVID, the Alpha variant, uh, that just never picked up traction in large populations until suddenly it did. And so it and, and Delta are far removed from each other, and it's also kind of bypassed the vaccine. So we could have more of that. Uh, I've talked to a lot of epidemiologists and uh, virologists, and they're afraid we could probably get one more real mutation wave out of this. But who knows? I'm kind of with you. I, I think that uh, this thing starts to fade by summer. People start feeling good and people start getting outside. There's just one problem, though, with that. Um, Joe, I, I don't know that people will connect it with Biden having done anything. And even if they do, we're still going to have Inflation and empty store shelves and school craziness and embitterness from parents. Yeah, I don't know that they can change all of that. And even so, history tends to favor the party not in control of the White House. I, I What I don't think, though, and you already hear this, it's been on MSNBC and a couple other places, I don't think Republicans mentally need to get into a mindset of, oh, I sure hope COVID stays around. Otherwise, we're going to lose. Nah, you, you don't want to be on the side of the virus. Don't be rooting for a virus to stick around. And, and I, I, Matt, I don't think you are, uh, and I'm certainly not. Uh, we can certainly analyze the political implications of it. But, you know, again, people are stupid. And some people be out there like, ah, we, I hope this thing stays around. It doesn't matter. I don't think fundamentally it can change things enough for the Biden administration. Um, they're just they're they're not executing, and frankly, they're not even executing in the way that Donald Trump executed. I thought it was very funny. CNN is trotting out its own polling now to show, oh, Joe Biden, worst president ever, except Trump. CNN is one of the last pollsters out there to have Biden's popularity over Donald Trump's popularity. The Quinnipiac poll, Joe Biden, least popular president since they started polling, including Trump. CNN's out there, well, he's not as bad as Trump, but it's close. I mean, that's still a damning indictment when you consider how the media covered Trump. And now we're, we're having to do cleanup on aisle geriatric. What is the aisle at the, at the, at the grocery store where the Depends are? Because that's kind of where we are 
If you want to find the White House press or the, the White House staff, that's where they are. This is from Real Clear Politics. Um, Philip Wegman, less than 24 hours after President Biden told Real Clear Politics and a national TV audience, he was not prepared to say that the coming midterm elections would be legitimate. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was saying the exact opposite Thursday during television interviews on Twitter and twice to reporters in the briefing room. The clarification may have come too late. Before Psaki could do damage control, both Vice President Kamala Harris and House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, the Democrat perhaps most responsible for making Biden president, seemed to amplify a message that the White House would have to disavow hours later. This is some serious cleanup they're having to do now. I have to say I was a little bit surprised that some of the members of the media out there were willing to go after Joe Biden on this stuff. I I, I have to say that. Um, it, but I also feel kind of bad for Jen Psaki. I, I hope someone pours her a stiff drink for the weekend having to go out there and, and do cleanup on this stuff. Because the situation isn't good. Uh, It was very, very funny. John Harwood, who is the progressive that CNN has hired to be a supposedly objective commentator. I mean, he's always been a a progressive and he's been from the New York Times to CNBC to now CNN acting as if he's some sort of above the fray objectivist and he's not. Uh, John Harwood tried to defend Joe Biden's comments and say, well, what he meant to say was this, that and the other. And Then the White House is in full denial now. But Kamala Harris did the same thing. Kamala Harris went out and said, oh, yeah, I mean, I I think there may be questions about the election if these pieces of legislation are not passed. She said it to uh, Savannah Guthrie. And then Jen Psaki comes out, says, oh, no, the president believes the election is going to be legitimate. Uh, Pete Alexander from NBC News asked, yes or no, does the president think that the 2022 election will be legitimate. Saki said, yes. He said, even if these two pieces of legislation don't pass. And she said, yes, she's still on cleanup. Here she is with Jake Tapper. But I guess my, my bigger question is, if we're saying that there's no election uh, that's legitimate if there are efforts to suppress the vote, then when has there ever been a legitimate election in this country? Trying to suppress American votes has been going on since the founding of this country. That, that's not what we're saying, Jake. People should be confident in the protections that we are going to continue to enforce. But also we know it's not long ago history. It is recent history sure. when the former president tried to overturn the outcome. That is different than the effort to suppress the vote. We need to fight against both. We need to ensure we're using every tool at our disposal. Uh, yeah, trying to make it now about Donald Trump. Well, she also encountered this in the White House briefing. Follow up on the questions about um, uh, about voting rights and the integrity of the election. You said the president's intention was not to cast out on the upcoming midterms. But when a reporter followed up, the president said to him, I'm not saying it's going to be legit. The increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these reforms passed. So yes or no, does the president believe if all remains as it is right now, that the elections this fall will be legitimate? He spoke yes, but what he was, what the point he was making is that as recently as 2020, as we know, the former president was trying to uh, work with local officials to overturn the vote count and not have ballots counted. You'll have to forgive me. The the audio there is somewhat garbage. 
But, um, gosh, that's bad. That's bad that they keep coming back to Donald Trump. It's bad that they keep trying to say this is about Trump because that's a direct obfuscation of what actually happened. But this is what you have to do when you got a doddering old foolish president. You've got to try to deflect and say, well, it's really about Donald Trump. It's really about Donald Trump. It's really actually him. Uh, no, no, it's it's not actually about him. But they, they can't say otherwise, y'all. They can't now change because Biden said what he said, and they've got to, they can't say the president was wrong. You can't say your boss when he's the president of the United States was wrong unless he himself says he's wrong. So what they have to do is they've got to deflect and say, well, he wasn't really talking about this election. You know how Donald Trump, he was trying to overthrow elections at the local level and the state level. And very helpfully today, as a matter of fact, CNN runs with the story about Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani at the state level trying to undermine electors. It's almost like the entire press corps is trying to do damage control for Joe Biden, but it's not going to help him. And it's not going to help him because you've got Joe Biden himself, you've got Jim Clyburn, you've got Kamala Harris, you've got Eric Swalwell, you've got Joy Reid, you've got Rachel Maddow, you've got Chris Hayes, you've got MSNBC at large, all of them out there trying to cast doubt on the elections. But I have a suspicion. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. If you look at the polling in America today, by the way, I'm not being flippant on this. I, I'm, I'm being very serious on this. If you look at the polling in America today, if it, up, if it holds up for the next number of months, it's not going to be close. It's not actually going to be close. The obfuscation of elections depends on the closeness of the election. Right now, Republicans are up three ahead of Democrats on the generic ballot. Republicans typically come within about uh, negative two in that, meaning Democrats almost always, Democrats almost always historically uh, rule the roost on the generic ballot. Uh, but there are times where it dramatically changes. So, for example, in 2014, when the Republicans picked up a lot of seats and took back the Senate, it was ultimately, in the Real Clear Politics polling average, it was R plus 2.4. It wound up actually being plus 5.7. Think about that. In 2016, Republicans held on. The generic ballot average was Democrats up 0.6. In reality, it became Republicans up 1.1. In 2018, when the Democrats really swept in, it was the generic ballot av polling average was D plus 7.3%. The reality, the final vote wound up being Democrats up 8.4% nationwide. In 2020, the polling average had Democrats up 6.8%. In reality, it was Democrats up 3%. It's very rare for the Republicans to be ahead, even when the Republicans do well. For Republicans to do in the average, up 3.1% means you may have a Republican wave of 5 or 6%. I don't think it's going to be close enough for them to cast down on the legitimacy of the 2022 elections. I don't think it'll be close enough for them to say, oh, the Republicans stole it. When they're winning, look, 
Joe Biden in Georgia won with about 11,400 votes. That was enough in a state that historically goes right to say eh, maybe they stole it. When the Republicans win by 20 or 30,000 votes, you can't really say they stole. You can try, but even the press corps isn't going to believe you. And ultimately, we are dealing with this. Here's a voter in Pennsylvania on MSNBC, no less. For my house heating oil, doubled from last year. Went from 400 and some dollars to almost 1,000. Wow. And that's probably going to be once a month until March or April. I'm a vet. And what happened in Afghanistan bothers me to no end. And I just think the whole economy is a mess. And I have to blame that on Joe. The whole economy is a mess in Afghanistan. Uh, that person is speaking for a lot of voters. And there's going to be hell to pay for the Democrats, even if COVID starts to recede. Now, you want to help get stuff receding in your house, get rid of the bacteria, the mildew, the mold, the pollen that's floating, or the stinky odors? You should get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them right now for less than $200. You're actually saving $200. If you bought three of them individually, it would be well over $200. You can get all three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. Click on Eric Erickson, and you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. At checkout, use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Now, this thing really does eliminate the odors. It has filterless. You don't have to wipe out filters. You don't have to get a subscription. You just kind of, I, I said, you know, you don't get a filter subscription. You wipe it out on occasion. So you're not spending money constantly once you get these things on filters. And it works. Works in my kitchen. When I fry up shrimp, my wife never even knows she hates the smell of shrimp. When she's gone, I don't have to go outside in the cold and use the fryer on my grill. I can do it in the kitchen, fire up the Eden Pure, and it wipes out the odor. You can do this too. You don't have to mask the odor, eliminate them. Get rid of the mildew, the mold, the pollen that's floating in the air. EdenPureDeals.com. At checkout, click on my name, Eric Erickson, and then at checkout, use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K, the number three, no space. Okay, uh, this is one of the the cool things about uh, Twitter. There are very few. A buddy of mine on Twitter, Giancarlo Sopo, put up this tweet and reminded me, I had totally forgotten about this, about Adriano Celentano. Adriano Celentano was a very, very famous Italian singer, and he was very frustrated with Europe's embrace of American music, and he hit on a theory that if he put out a song that was gibberish but made it sound like it was Bob Dylan-esque American rock uh, of the 1960s, 70s, it would become a hit. So he produced a song. The actual name of the song is Prison Kolaninen Sinanana Kiesel. It's complete gibberish other than the phrase, all right. In fact, you may think you're hearing words. There actually aren't any. But he produced the song in an elaborate production and made it sound very American and Bob Dylan-esque. It became a top 10 hit in Europe. And it proved his point that Europeans had such a, a lust after American culture. If it looked and sounded like it was American, they were going to grab hold of it, even if it was nonsense. And part of the, the song is it's a, also a wordplay so that he, he's singing in a way that Americanisms, American English sounds to Europeans. Listen to some of this. Prison code in ancient nights, you You're the cold maze, say one prison code in ancient nights, you All right. 
big dance production. words it's just gibberish but it was designed to sound like bob D which i mean arguably with bob dylan there's just gibberish too. <laughs> it became a top 10 hit uh proving his point uh just that the twitter occasionally uh you, you find good things and really i gotta thank gene carlo more than i gotta thank twitter for highlighting something like that all right when we come back we've got phone calls 877-973-7425 but also the growing problems with being woke in America in Fairfax County Schools, Virginia. As Glenn Youngkin takes over there and, and starts to eliminate uh, critical race theory in schools, you know, Glenn uh, Youngkin, he's gotten rid of the diversity, equity, and inclusion office. He's turned it into an office to advocate uh, for the unborn. And the left, of course, is furious. He's fired the whole staff. It's amazing. Well, Fairfax County Schools has produced a privilege bingo that all the white kids get to play. Do you know what are the signs of privilege? Those who ever lived this lifestyle will disagree, but in Fairfax County Schools, they want you to know that if you are the child of someone in the military, you live a privileged existence. That's right. But it gets crazier from there. And of course... M&M's has decided they need, I really don't care about the story, but apparently a lot of people do. I mean, it's it's a Fortune 500 company, Mars. It, yeah, of course they're going to do stupid stuff. I want to know where the handicapped M&M is and um, what if the peanut M&M's identifies as a plain M&M? I mean, do, does that count? We'll discuss it all. The insanity of being woke and the reaction to it when we come back and take your phone calls. 877-973-7425. Oh, and also... It's March for Life weekend. We will discuss. It's 2022, and guess what? Nothing still makes sense. The whole world seems to be going crazy right now, and banks have gotten really skittish at helping small businesses. They're perfectly happy to help the giant businesses, but what about you? You're a small business. you got to buy a building or build a building, or you need a big loan for a fleet of vehicles to grow your business, and the banks are giving you a hard time. Check out my friends at First Liberty Building and Loan. They can help you nationwide, wherever you are. If you're a small business and you need access to loans, let's say 500000 and up, First Liberty can do it. They've been doing this since the early 90s. The Frost family are friends of mine. They're committed Christians and they're great business people and they are committed to small businesses. Reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. See if you're a good fit for them. They want to help you get to yes where the big banks are saying no. Nationwide, they can help you if you're a small business. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. FirstLibertyGA.com. 